Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast everyone, it's great to have you here, thank you for joining us. I have a very special guest with me today, Josh Latimer. Thank you very much for joining us, Josh. My pleasure, happy, happy to be here. Uh, Let me tell you a bit about Josh. Josh left a safe and a secure job at J.P. Morgan Chase Bank to start a local cleaning business. Most people thought he was crazy, including his own mother. And after two years of struggle, Joshua started to figure it out. After implementing systems in his business, he tripled his revenue in one single year. From that day forward, he continued to build an automated machine that did over $150,000 a month in the busy seasons without him working in the business personally. In early 2015, Joshua sold his company to a buyer from California and moved to Costa Rica with his family. Joshua is passionate about business systems and how they can provide freedom to small business and entrepreneurs. In the last two years before he sold his business, Joshua worked five hours per week, grew the business 35% per year. He now runs two internet-based businesses with a small team of global professionals. He also hosts the Quick Talk podcast. That's a lot of great accomplishments uh, Josh, so I'm really grateful to, that you could join us today, share some of your insights into how you're able to achieve those things, but not only just for yourself, but how you help businesses do it today. Uh, I know I'm going to get a lot out of what you're going to share, but before you do that, what I like to do, Joshua, and I, I don't think I mentioned this too earlier, so maybe putting you a bit on the spot, but I, I like to find out a little bit about our guests, about them personally, like what made Josh what Josh is today? So can, if you can, if you feel comfortable, tell us a bit about you, your upbringing, what, what life was like for you as a kid, your family life, where you grew up. Okay, absolutely. Well, first of all, your introduction made me sound a lot cooler than I actually am in real life. I just want to be clear about that. I mean, it's 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 so funny when you read a soundbite and it's like, wow, that sounds so amazing. But I'm just a regular guy. I was the first, you know, entrepreneur, quote unquote, fancy word in my family. I grew up with blue collar working people. They worked for the auto industry up in Michigan in the United States. It's kind of all blue collar auto driven. And the idea of starting a business was a weird concept. It was too risky. It's like, what are you thinking? You know, get a safe and secure job. And originally for me, due to social pressure and and just kind of cultural norms, at least in my family, you know, I went down that path. I, I got a normal job. I got into finance and banking, got my securities licenses. I did all that stuff. I had my cubicle. I had my little tie. I worked for JP Morgan Chase and I was young 20s, kind of starting a career. But, you know, deep inside, I always had that that itch. You know, I had shiny object syndrome. I always saw opportunity everywhere. And I didn't have really the discipline <laughs> yet to like actually succeed at something. But <laughs> I wanted to, to try, you know, I wanted to start a business. And when my wife got pregnant with our first son, we have four kids now, so my house is total chaos. But when she was pregnant with my first son, I had that kind of culmination, come to Jesus moment where I thought, you know what, if I don't really try to be an entrepreneur now, it's just going to be harder later. I saw like 30 years of my life flash in front of my face and I could just 
you know, sense myself choking on my little tie in my cubicle and I decided to start a business. So that at that point is when I took the plunge. But even in high school, you know, I played sports. I've always been a people person. I was always interested in business and investing and finance and things like that. I just didn't bring it all together until my mid 20s. Yeah, I have a very similar story. It's when I started my family was when I started to seriously think about doing something else. And, and what also motivated me besides the things that you mentioned was the fact that, well, where I was living, my wife and I living away from our families. We were living in a different city, hours from everyone else, overseas. For, for my wife's from overseas, so she had no family at all in even the same country. So I wanted to start a business because I wanted more flexibility with my time. So I wanted to be there to support my wife more and, and be, spend more time with my kids. And, and I guess we all have our different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely. And for <laughs> the, the funny part is, is I wanted control over my time, just like you said. But then, you know, today, you know, over a decade later, as I've been doing all this stuff, I work a lot. But the difference is, is I don't have to, you know, I'm in control. I can stop at 11 a.m. and spend the rest of the day and go to an amusement park with my family or my kids or do a weekend up camping or, or whatever I want. And it's, it's not just about it. My goal wasn't to not work. My goal is to have control over how I work and when I work. And that is the benefit of having a real business, you know, but in the, the early days of my business, it was, it was not like that at all. I mean, I was literally a slave to my own company and, you know, you start off excited and then as you start to get a little bit of momentum and success, it, it starts to overtake you and you can get buried and you can get stuck in that. And I see a lot of people today that have been stuck in that slave mode for like 10 or 20 years. And it's awful. You know, it's, it's, it's an awful thing and it's not that hard to break free of it. Yeah. Well, that's why there's two parts you can take when you start a business. You can have the mindset of no one else does, is going to do it as good as I'm going to do it. So I'm just going to do it all myself. And you can go down that route and just work it's like having a job but worse because there's so much more to do or you can you can take the route that you took in creating uh, business systems and but i think it's interesting that so you went from jp morgan chase bank to a cleaning business why did you choose a cleaning business well believe it or not even with my immaturity and all the things i didn't know that i didn't know i did a little bit of research and the cleaning business is a really lucrative business. And the reason is, is it's a niche business. The second reason is it's a high margin business. In our case, we started with window cleaning. We expanded into other things later, but we're essentially selling soapy water and labor, you know, so it's high margin. And it's also a repeat service because things always keep getting dirty. And really it's a, it's a very simple and, and profitable business to build. Yeah. Fantastic. And so tell us a bit about how it went for you anyway in business. So what was the business journey for you like? Uh, what year did you start? It? When you sold it 2015, is that correct? Yeah, we sold it in 2015 in the early spring, so we're coming up on two years ago. Uh, but when I first started, man, I, <laughs> I I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew what I didn't want. I knew I didn't want to work for someone else. I didn't want to be a slave. Just I didn't want to build someone else's dream. I wanted to build my own dream. But you know, I had a lot of you know, raw effort, but not a lot of focus, not a lot of, you know, intellectual capital driving my decisions and the way that I built my company. And that's why, you know, as you read in the bio, the first couple of years were really hard. And I think it's normal. 
You know, I think it's okay to walk through the fire and pay your dues and stuff. Uh, but what happened was I just had raw effort, man. I went out, I knocked on doors, I met people, I hustled, I talked to people, I just tried to sell my stuff. I'd, I'd leave my house when it was dark, I'd come home when it was dark. That was my life. And we almost start, we almost starved to death. We, we made like no money. My first year, we did 24,000 in total revenue, like before expenses, like it was, it was cr- terrible. But, you know, it kind of evolved as I started to understand the difference between working, you know, in your business as opposed to working on your business as, you know, Michael Gerber so famously has put out into the world in the book, The E-Myth. Yeah, I love that book. And we'll talk a bit before we start the interview. I mentioned that I've just finished reading that book the second time myself. It's a fantastic book. Highly recommend it to everyone that's listening. If you haven't read it, changed my mindset and, and what a business should be. I'm assuming uh, for you, Josh, when you started out, were you doing all the work? Were you hiring people from the beginning? Did that come later? Well, I did. I did it all myself, like a lot of people do. Even whether the person listening to this has a brick and mortar local business, or if you're working online, everybody starts out kind of doing everything themselves. Most people, not every, most people, I should say. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. Number one. You don't have any money <laughs> to hire a team. Number two, and more importantly, is we're kind of control freaks and we're, we're scared to, to let go of things and we're scared to delegate and we're scared to let someone below us do a, a, a crappier job at whatever task than we would do. And, you know, th- that type of fear can, really holds you back. You know, and part of growth and part of building a team and having an automated business is learning how to be a leader, not just a manager, learning how to delegate things, learning how to, you know, train and coach. I love the word coach your team and people struggle big time in all of those areas. Mm-hmm. When did it, you decide it was time for you to start changing the way you were doing things and start hiring people, creating systems? Well, I think when I realized that I was continuously working in my business only, I was spinning my wheels. I worked really hard, but I wasn't being productive. I worked with a lot of raw intensity and effort, but I wasn't going forward quickly. You know, I was I was working for a few bucks an hour if you actually figured out the total amount of time I invested in my business and weighted mm. against what the net was after paying for stuff. And it was frustrating, you know, because I actually in my early 20s, I made good money doing the banking thing. And I just couldn't couldn't get there, you know, and through a combination of a couple mentors and some books I read, once I started investing in my own education, my own, you know, intellectual assets in my own brain of understanding how to be in a business person and how to be an executive, have an executive mindset, that was a huge turning point. That's when I tripled my business in less than 12 months was just by having some mental shifts on the way that I invested my time in my business because we work on the wrong things. We spend way too much time on granular, tiny little detail issues rather than on the big picture and the 10,000 foot view. We don't view our companies as having departments and divisions because when it's just you, you don't see it that way. You just put out whatever fire is burning. You answer the phone when it's ringing. But, but you got to understand that you are your own first employee and all of these different divisions in your company today. And so when you look at it that way, you can start to be more intentional, another word I love, about how to do the job in that portion of your business in a way that's systematic and duplicable so that you can transition back out of it as quickly as possible. Mm. Can you give our listeners maybe some recommendations of books or resources that helped you 
to develop uh, or change your, your mindset? Because you, you mentioned you, you invested in yourself. We, we talked about the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Was, is there any other books or resources that stand out to you? Sure thing. I mean, books are amazing. I think we undervalue books a lot. And for me, I, I'm more of an audio guy, so I struggle to sit down and read same. a book. But, yeah. but, the th- but the importance of books, of consuming content, not just consuming it, but applying it, is freaking everything. I mean, if you think of a book and you go to the store, it's 20 bucks. And you're like, eh, you know, man, maybe I'll get it. Maybe it, well, it has a good cover. Okay, I'll spend 20 bucks. But what a book really is, especially a good book, is you have a guide map, a roadmap of someone who's laid out 15 years worth of real life experience in some certain subject. And they distill all the gold nuggets of all that pain and suffering they had (laughs) into a tiny book. And you can have all the gold with none of the pain for 20 bucks. I mean, come on. I, I almost think with the internet and how easily accessible information is like, we really don't value, um, the information that's available to us enough and people are becoming perpetual consumers, but they don't actually do anything with it. But to answer your original question, yes, the E-Myth is a great book, of course, but also there's a book I'm reading right now by Gary Keller called The One Thing. It's a really popular book and it's about focus. It's about being intentional about what you spend your time focusing on because success is not simultaneous. Like you don't just jump into a pool and flail your arms and go crazy like a maniac and then have a successful business. It's sequential. You got to do step one, then you got to do step two, then you got to do step three. And one of the things I've learned building my companies is that if you're doing it right, a big portion of your business should be relatively boring, right? It shouldn't be a wild, out of control roller coaster ride. It should be relatively boring because you're laying a foundation and then you're putting up the frame and then you're putting the siding on and the roof and then you're building out the inside and then you do the finished carpentry. It's like building a house and once you understand the steps, it's not that complicated. But people just go crazy with lots of effort rather than focused effort. Yeah. As you're talking to us, scanning through, because I'm the same as you, Josh. I, I love audio books because I'm so, I can't really have find the time to sit down and read a book. So I just, and audio, I just prefer audio anyway. Just take it in, get so much out of it. And so I'll listen to it while I'm driving, cutting the grass or you know whatever I'm doing. And I was just quickly scanning through some of the books that I've listened to. And I usually just find some of the really popular ones that are available on audible.com. And some of the really good books that I've read over the years is Robert Kiyosaki stuff I love, like Cashflow Quadrant and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> yep, um, I've read all of those as well. Yeah, The Lean Startup by Eric Rice. That was a really, really, really good book. Do the Work, Stephen Pressfield. Very short book, but very motivational. You know, there's the um, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends, Influence People, great books. Um, Influence, A Power of Persuasion. Can can I just hop in here? Because one of the things, because I work with hundreds and hundreds of real businesses all over the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and a couple in the UK, okay? And one of the things is that I don't believe personally that most businesses have an information problem per se. I mean, there's always more things we can learn. There's always ways to sharpen our sword. But what I notice is people have an execution problem. They live in fear. They're scared. They're passive. Whatever it is, it's almost like People find reasons, and if the person listening to this, <laughs> if I'm talking to you, like, hear me right now, hear my heart, because you might not need to keep sharpening your sword. You need to start swinging 
your sword. You have to do stuff, okay? Podcasts are great. I have a podcast. It's the most fun thing I do. I love doing interviews like this. But the, the bottom line is this. Most of us have enough base material to start, to move forward, to make progress. And there's so much emphasis put on the end glory, you know, the end game, that I think people are intimidated to begin. They're scared to just start and to have it not be perfect. It's okay if it's not perfect. You know, I forget which CEO it was, but he said, if your product is perfect when you bring it to market, you waited too long to launch. You got to put it out there, man. Just go for it. You know, progress, not perfection. What held me back in hiring my first staff member was, well, I, I only did it when I got to the point where I just couldn't do anything else. I, the business was, I was getting more and more business and I just couldn't handle it. So I had to hire someone. Now, I most probably should have done it a lot earlier than that. And, but I think it's for the reasons that you mentioned before. It's a fear of letting go, you know, not believing maybe that other people can do your work as good as you'll do it and um, that control. So with your own experience, Josh, when you built your, let's say your cleaning business, let's talk about that. What specific steps did you take did you, to, build, to build it into an actual business where you're only working five hours a week and still growing at 35% a year? Was it hiring staff? Was that the first step or was it creating your systems first or do you do both at the same time? Well, you know, the, the path to success is not a straight line. It's way more messy than that. And so it's really easy for me to say, you know, well, what we did is we, we made a key hire and then we invested in the leadership development. Pro- but, you know, it's, that's not reality. Reality is, is I did the best I could with what I had at the time. But being that I was hungry and consuming information and always ready to apply it, you know, through little itty bitty wins, I slowly assembled a core team of people, a core. OK. And the ironic thing is with hiring is single owner operator entrepreneurs really believe in their heart. People can't do the job as good as they can, right? I believe that. You just said that you probably believe that. It's normal. But the the funny part about that is, is that what you come to find out when you actually do have a real team, you know, in that cleaning business, we had about 30 employees, right, at the end, is that the people I replaced myself with became way better at their job than I ever was at that job. And that's the key because a real entrepreneur, your job isn't to be a technician. If you're starting an internet marketing business or something, your job isn't to be a master at Photoshop, okay? Your, your job is to assemble a team of people who are more talented than you are at all the different individual elements that are required inside of your business. So for my cleaning business, I made a hire and it wasn't perfect and it was, it was messy and I didn't lead them perfectly, but it was good enough because of my heart and my passion and my drive to keep them with me long enough to develop myself into a good leader and to develop them into a good leader. And if you can learn how to cast a vision, if you can learn to invest in other people and actually care about them, not in a superficial way, but like you know their spouse's name, you know what their personal goals are, and you make that a daily conversation inside your company, and it's more than a job to them, when you start figuring those things out, okay, on the back end of your business, everything changes. Everything changes. That is how you get people to do the right thing when no one's looking. That's how you get your employees to go home after hours and, and watch a tutorial video so they can better their craft because they're motivated. They have something to gain out of it. They feel like they're a part of something. So 
for me, it, it was a messy, imperfect, non-sequential version of what, what I just described. It was, it was an imperfect momentum in, in, the, in that direction. That's why we won. Mm-hmm. And can you give any advice too to those that are listening and maybe they haven't hired someone before or maybe they're having problems hiring people because they're not getting the right people. What do you look for? What do you think business owners should look for, Josh? Is it talent? Is it attitude? Is it both? And, and how do you go about finding the right people? I always say hire the personality and train the skill. But I will put a caveat and an asterisk next to that, okay? Because if you're talking about a developer or some highly technical position, that's not exactly perfect analogy for that, okay? But in general, you want someone that's a good culture fit. I mean, really, as an entrepreneur, you're a salesman to the core, whether you think you are or not. And you have to sell the vision for what your company is going to become and what you're going to do and who you're going to sell to and how that serves them and why it's going to change the world. You have to be really good at that first to yourself, get, getting past your own self-limiting beliefs and all that stuff. And secondly, to your team. Thirdly, you have to be good at selling it to the world and to your customers, right? But really, we are <laughs> we're glorified salesmen, and it can't be fake. It has to be authentic. You have to really believe in what you're saying. That's the key. If you hire the personality and you cast that vision and you lay out the future like this is who we are, this is where we're going, this is why we're going there, and this is what's in it for you, Mr. Employee, when we get there, if you do that and you repeat it and you repeat it and it's constant and it's part of your core values – and you hired a good personality fit, the skill side can come. You can learn how to raise someone up a level or two in Photoshop or in customer service or in a technical level with their job almost always. And so that's my philosophy on that is hire the personality, worry about training or perfecting the skill on the back. So today, Joshua, you have created systems or you've created, you've got training, you've got a website, you've got an app as well. I know where you help businesses or you help entrepreneurs and small business owners to create an actual business where they're not being the technician and working in it, but they've been able to have that, like the lifestyle you've been able to achieve and what they really wanted when, I guess, when they first started their business. Can you tell us a bit more about the services that you offer and the the tools that you have available to help business owners? Well, sure. My passion, (laughs) that sounds so cliche. Let me back up. Literally, for real, in all honesty and authenticity, I swear to you, my passion, like you can hear that I'm excited, it's real, is local service companies, small businesses, people out there fighting the good fight, trying to make a living. Maybe it's a family business. Maybe you just started it and and, and you're stuck. It's not that you're failing. It's just that it's not what you thought it would be. It's not that you have a tiny business, but it's not as big as you want it to be. It's not that everything you do is bad and you're negative about your business, but maybe you're more of a slave to your company than you wish you would be. Those people, I can help those people. Why? Because I was that person and I trans versed through that whole process. I completed the cycle. I've actually built two service companies and sold them. And so the reason I have an app, the reason I have, you know, business coaching and all that stuff is to serve those people. I mean, if I'm a square peg, this type of market for me is the square hole. I mean, this is what I was meant to do. I love doing it. I love helping people. You know, small business can sound like unicorns and lollipops and fluffy unicorns sometimes and all that stuff. But, you know, if, if your business is struggling, it can cause divorce. 
If your business is struggling, it causes huge strain on your relationship with your children. If your business isn't working correctly, you can have bankruptcy. You can have financial pressures. I mean, this is serious business, and I joke and have fun and all that, uh, but this is really important. And small business is the backbone of all the Western countries, including the United States. We're the ones that create all the jobs. And so if I can help people be more successful uh, or achieve their dream or get closer to it, I want to participate in that. That's my passion. So you've got a couple of websites. I know, Josh, you've got automatejosh.com and you have sendjim.com and you have an app. Can you tell us a little bit about those and who they specifically target? Sure. Well, after, you know, in my niche, in my industry in the United States, people kind of started to know who I was. You know, I was vocal on the forums and then it was in the Facebook groups and then people knew who I was because I was keynote speaking and things naturally organically evolved there. The reason I started automatejosh.com was because that's kind of who I was to people. I was the systems guy who was always preaching passionately all these things and and trying to help people. Um, So because of that, I've developed a couple products to serve service businesses. One is Send Gym. Send Gym is an iPhone and Android app it only works in the United States right now, but it will come to the UK, UK, and uh, I'm sorry, the UK, Australia, and Canada soon. And what it does is it sends postcards, physical postcards through the postal service, emails, gifts, you know, Starbucks gift cards and things like that to your customers using your cell phone with like 15 seconds worth of work. So for example, you do work for someone, you want to, you know, love on them and say thank you for hiring me. You can, you know, push a button on your phone and it will physically nurture and drip a sequence of communications to them over the whole next year because you spent 15 seconds, you know, pushing a button. So it helps manage your customer relationships. That's an app that we've sold to thousands of companies all over the United States. And then I have automategrowsell.com, which is a small business boot camp. It's not for everybody, but for the people it is for, it's a powerful college level course on exactly how to comb through the architecture and, and, the, and the guts of your business and understand what needs to be improved. How do you build a system? How do you automate something? How do you remove yourself out of a process? And how do you ultimately have a business that answers to you rather than you being a slave to it. So with all that being said, I know it's confusing. AutomateJosh.com exists because everything is there. You can find out about the app, the boot camp, my podcast, everything's under that one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Thank you. Look, I really appreciate Josh, you being with us on the show today and sharing so much value. Uh, I've definitely got a lot out of it. I'm sure our listeners have. Before we end today, was there any final thoughts that you had for us? My final thought is to the person who's struggling, the person who feels demotivated, and I want to tell you to keep going. I want to tell you to keep going, to stay in the fire. It's normal to have pain when you're trying to build a business. It's normal. You are normal if it's not all working exactly like you thought. The trick is to not quit. Don't quit the band before you get a record deal. Stay in the fire. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're going to make it. As long as you don't walk away, you can do it. Yeah, fantastic. Thank, thanks so much, Josh. Again, that's Josh Latimer. Again, where you can find out more about Josh and all the uh, tools that he has for business owners. Again, that's automatejosh.com and also where, you can, that also where you can find out about his podcast as well. So thanks again, Josh, for being on the show with us. And thank you, everyone, for being here and listening today. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. 
as a way of saying thank you for being a loyal listener, I've got a very special gift for you. You can get immediate access to my online business coaching program for free. These step-by-step videos will show you how to set up your website, create an automated sales funnel, and also how to drive targeted traffic to your business for literally pennies per click. It's ready for you to access right now. Simply head on over to johnslikes.com forward slash podcast. This is John Lagodaka signing off. I'll see you all next time.